welcome to Calvary Revival Church Podcast, where we exist to know God, live generously, discover purpose, and make a difference. Wherever you are listening from, our desire is for this practical teaching to make a difference in your personal life and in the lives of the people and community around you. And now, let's prepare ourselves for an uplifting experience. And so today, I want to continue the discussion around construction, and uh, I believe God wants to speak to us today. And so uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 3, and my hope today is that we can find some uh, uh, expert tool practices today, because I believe if you have the tools and you have the materials and you've been given the know-how, something should change in order for you to build. Like, my, I would be frustrated if I went somewhere and y'all have, I paid y'all the money to build the thing. The materials are there. The tools are there. The workers are there. And then I come back a month later and nothing has happened. I would be frustrated. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that because sometimes we see as if nothing has happened, even though God has given us everything that we need. And I believe that he wants to help us build strong and, and healthy. So let's, let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1. I'm going to be reading the CSB version. And this is what the word of God says. This is, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in a heavenly calling. Consider Jesus, the apostle, the high priest of our confession. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was in all of God's household. Verse 3 says, For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder has more honor than the house. Verse 4, Now every house is built by someone, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was faithful as a servant in all of God's household, it was as a testimony to what would be said in the future. But Christ was faithful as a son over his household, and we are that household if we hold on to our confidence and the hope in which we boast. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Man, there's faith in this house. And Lord, you have talked to us about what's needed to build but Father, today, we want to know and discover and, and, and be developed in and cultivated in the prints, the plans that you have for the building. Our confidence is not in man. It is not in anything that we have seen or experienced. It is in your son. And so, Lord, build the house and let us follow the blueprint. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn to somebody real quick and say the blueprint, the blueprint. I told you all, uh, Lydia and I, we're, we're in the middle of this, this construction project, and it's great. I mean, you know, the things are coming along, you know, we're, we're moving things along, and, and things are happening, and we're excited. We're getting, you know, we're seeing some change, and, and, and it's all encouraging. But um, something had happened over the last week, and, you know, as I was getting my message together, I was like, of course this stuff would happen, like, right as I'm planning for talking about, you know, Lord, what are you, what are you talking about? What do you want to say? And, um, 
you know, we, we got to this point where now there's, there's electrical and plumbing and the, the mechanical aspects of what need to happen. The structure's built. As a matter of fact, they got all the stuff on the side. And all the, it looks like the house is done. So our kids, they keep saying, Dad, can we go in there now? And I'm like, y'all, the house isn't done yet. If you look outside, though, the house looks complete. What's more frustrating is that we have a, a room with all four of our boys in this one room. Four boys in one room, and y'all, it's crazy, it's hectic. Lydia sweeps four or five times a day, y'all, because we got workers coming in and out the house, and, you know, it's just, y'all know, if, if you, any neat freaks in here, just self-proclaimed neat freak, yeah. So, you know, you try to sweep to keep things going, and then there's boots and people, and, you know, stuff is falling. From, we have insulation, and it's just, uh, y'all, it's, and in the middle of all of that, like, we homeschool, so, so Lydia is, is still teaching and instructing our kids in the middle of all of this. So it's loud, it's people walking in and out, and, and, and we're actually more confined than what we were before we started the renovation. In fact, we are in, in dire straits. We are up to the brim. In fact, the other night, it was about a week ago, like it was, it, we said, all right, y'all, we're going to clean for an hour. We're just all going to clean for an hour. And, and when you're on a construction site you can clean a little bit but honestly the stuff that's around and the materials that are around I would like to get this stuff out of here but I have to use the materials and the materials is in the way of us having fun and so we're trying to do every little bit that we can so we're like all right we're just going to clean for one hour y'all and that hour turned to three or four hours we were there all night and then me and Lydia like we got really upset because you know you know like when you're teammates when you're working on a job or on a project you're trying to do something together but then it's stressful this it's stuff that you didn't want to go this way and so Lydia and I we're doing stuff and then I'm getting all worked up because I'm trying to, to make sure that she has what she needs and then she's looking at more stuff and she sees stuff on the ground and, and I'm like I don't feel like we're making any traction. And so we had to stop and breathe for a moment. We were like, we're on the same team. <laughs> we're on the same team. And we were like, all we got to do is get through this project. And we're on the same team. But we're, we're trying to make use of something because God is in the middle of building something for us. It's going to bless people. But I got to deal with the inconvenience of some mess. I got to deal with some, some inconvenience of some insulation that's fallen. I got to deal with some of the inconvenience because God is trying to do something through us in the building process. That's about the building and it's about the structure. But the greater work is what it's going to do in you and I. You see, what I have discovered, as God gives me the tools and the materials, he says, I didn't want to just build an Ephesus. I wanted to build in you a, a desire for character and a desire for love and a desire for joy. I wanted to build in you and create in you a steadfast, immovable faith that will allow you to walk through things and it may look like it's complete, but you and I both know on the inside, I'm doing more inside of you than and what's on the outside and what's happening on the outside is just a precursor to what I'm doing on the inside. But then I got a little discouraged, y'all. Because my kids keep asking me, what's going on? My wife is like, can I say this? We made a decision about something related to the house. And when I say we, it was me. I made a decision. 
She's the boss. I made a decision. Forgot about it. Because there was a lot of decisions we're making. And she said, now this is an expensive decision. Very expensive decision. She came to me. She said, what's up with the decision you made? I'm not going to say what it was. It's nothing else business. I said, babe, we decided, remember? Ba, 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 ba. She said, we never talked about that. And then I remember we didn't talk about that. Now, y'all, this is an expensive decision. And y'all know when construction happens, once it happens, <laughs> so then I, I you know, you got to, <laughs> I'm like, oh, shoot. I said, babe, no, no. I said, babe, so, so what will happen is there's another decision that we're going to have to make in about five years, and that decision will help make sense of this decision. It's like that. I'm not even it's a five-year decision that has to be made. And so I realized that in the process of allowing God to build in us what he wants so that he can get glory out of it, his household is what Hebrews says, is that there has to be something that, that we got to get comfortable with allowing the Lord to lead us in the prints and in the blueprints that he has for us. And even if we are not equipped or we don't even understand the plan or the resources or the agenda that God wants to do, we have to get comfortable with these blueprints that God wants to build. Because if God's going to build something in our lives and cultivate us, there are going to be some schematics, there's going to be some electrical, there's going to be some plans. And if you are not faithful to the plan doesn't matter your desire or, or your ambition of what you want to do the, the 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 end product will be frustrating to you and what the Lord is trying to help us understand in the process of building is that there's some obvious tools that are available and then there's some there's some interior work of the building that has to get done but honestly the interior of the structure the interior of our hearts that's the time consuming part and even in this project it's it's time consuming it seems like it's uneventful it doesn't seem like much is happening because there's nothing flashy about plumbing and pvc pipe there's nothing flashy about a bunch of white wires going all through the place I would rather focus on the design or the decor or, or the exterior. I would rather focus on, on the furniture. I would rather focus on, on the stuff that's going to make it pleasant. But if we deny the interior work of, of, the, of the systems and the, the resources that God wants to equip us with, we will not have a functional house. And so we must, we must have this deep resonance of this understanding of, of an unwavering commitment uh, to allow the Lord to build the house based on what's needed and what he wants to add more to and how he wants to do it. Because honestly, let's be, let's be real, this is his house. And if we allow him to, to cultivate our lives and cultivate our instruction and cultivate our perspective so that his house can be built, then we must have this constant commitment to his blueprint. And the commitment to his blueprint, the electrical, the plumbing, the mechanical, see the blueprint is essential to building his house properly.
And then once we commit to this house, this word house here in, in, in Hebrews, it, 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 the, the, the phrasing of it translated to the Greek, it means this. It's a dwelling, a family, or the temple. You see, what God is trying to do, what he's been trying to establish in us is, is the place that, that this temple, this place, this dwelling, this house that's being built, he wants to establish it in a way that, that's consistent, that, that the foundation is strong, and that the walls are steady so that when you experience the, the issues of life and the issues of what's to come, you are already equipped to handle the building and you're, you're equipped to handle the process and you're equipped to handle the elements because there's something greater that he has in store for you, but your house has to be strong. And a weak house not only will be washed away, worst of all, is if you have a house, but you don't have the electrical, if you have a house and you don't got no plumbing, you could have a mansion and you don't have no HVAC, it's cool around September. January hits in VA. It doesn't matter how pretty it is outside. There are some essential building supplies that are needed that the blueprint requires of us. And so I want to talk about those today. I, I believe that the Lord wants to help us to, to understand there's three there's, there's three things that I believe will help us. If I, if I were to, to correlate it to the electrical, the plumbing, and the mechanical, number one is first a revelation of Jesus Christ. A revelation of Jesus Christ. Remember in, in the first verse of Hebrews 3, it says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in a heavenly calling. How many people believe you have a heavenly calling? Y'all don't believe it yet? No? You do. You do. He says, consider Jesus the apostle and the high priest of our confession. Now, check, check Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 15 out. I have it up here on the screen. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let's hold firm to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things, just as we are, yet he was without sin. Your revelation of Jesus Christ is the electrical system. It is, it is the, the, the way that you get energy and power in your house. It is the way that God will give you the, what you need in order to, to illuminate everything that he's going to use and bless your life for. I want you to know that, that as you get a revelation of Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about this, this weak, sad view of Jesus that the culture has lifted up or this, this mundane, boring, traditional view of Jesus. No, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of Man. He is friend of sinners. He's the Christ. He is I am. I am the bread of life, the light of the world, the gate for the shepherd. He is a good shepherd. He is a gate for the sheep, the resurrection, the life, the way, the truth, the life. He is the true vine. He is the Lamb of God. He is the last Adam. He is the image of God. He 
is the mediator. He is a faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of kings of all the earth. He is the first, he is the last. He is the lamb of the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the root of David. He is the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. And he is the rider on a white horse that's coming to judge the living and the dead and to save. He is God. says he's our high priest what does that mean Jesus is revealed as our high priest priests they had two functions they they facilitated the religious services of the people of Israel in the Old Testament and then also they were people that had to be set apart to perform those special services and so the, the priests, they were responsible for making intercession for God's people on, a, on an annual basis. And they would offer up sacrifices so that the law that Moses preached about, the law that Moses received from the Lord, they were able to, to, to facilitate that. But then there was a high priest who entered the most holy place in the temple in, with the Ark of the Covenant where the Ark was. And one day a year was called the Day of Atonement. Uh, they would place blood on the, as a sacrifice at the Ark of the Covenant. And so this, this high priest was different than the other priests. They, they were responsible for the sins of the people to cover them, but then Jesus came onto the scene. And when Jesus came onto the scene, the Bible says in Hebrews, he said, he became our high priest. He became our Messiah. He became the difference maker so that now he takes away the sins of the world. In your house, you must establish a revelation of Jesus Christ that goes beyond the cultural's view or goes beyond what the religious would say. You see, at the time, the reason why Hebrews was so important to these people because uh, the writer of Hebrews understood that they can identify with Moses and we elevate Moses and we honor Moses and we thank, we're thankful for the faithfulness of Moses. But the writer said, but then came Jesus who was the high priest, who was the one that was created in all things and he was the first born and he was the one that established the law and fulfilled the law and then he now eradicated and now became what we could never do on our own so that you and I could get forgiveness because if you build a house trust me you're going to need some forgiveness if you're trying to build something great for God you're going to have to see God in the revelation of his son Jesus in a greater way you can't get mundane by how you saw him five years ago or what you thought about him 10 years ago when I look in the scriptures and I open up the book of life and I see him in the in the story and then I know he's in my life there's something that changes my perspective and he's building something great in you but the electrical system of the blueprint is that you have to have a new revelation of Jesus Christ and you see, if your revelation of Jesus broadens and grows 
and expands. And then you have experience with Jesus that broadens you and grows you and expands you. And now you can walk and broaden and you can walk and see more. Then God is saying, I want to do more in you, through you, for you. But you got to see me in a bigger way. You got to see me more than a Sunday school lesson from when you were eight years old. You got to see me more than what you thought when I saved you. I saved you, but I'm going to keep saving you. That's the problem. You thought I did it once. I did it for eternity. And so all your mistakes, all your issues, all your problems, I am the soterion. I am salvation. I am the one that will rescue you now and in the future. So trust the blueprint of what I have for you and allow my revelation of my son to be established in your house. That he is not simply an icon that's painted with this white, westernized, whitewashed version that we see painted all over the place. That's a lie and a deception. He is the man-child. He is God and man together. And see, in your house, if you don't know and believe that, then when it's time to get some power, You can have the greatest sound system in the world. You can have a screen in your house that big. If you don't got no power, because see, some of us, we're relying on an old power structure. New building, new things that God's doing, but, but your revelation of Jesus is outdated you get a revelation of Jesus Christ day in and day out it changes everything about the possibility of the house he's building in you so number one you got to first have a revelation of Jesus Christ here's the second one if that that was the electrical then the plumbing system of this house that he's building is rare faith if there's first a revelation of Jesus Christ that has to help you to get the, the current of his power available to us so that we can operate in this house that he's building and the good things and the plans and the dreams that he's building, there, there must be a, a rare faith that we're able to adopt and believe in so that God can continue to do something great in our lives. In, in, in Hebrews 11 Chapter, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. This is, this, you should know this, memorize this. If you're new in the faith, this is one of those scriptures. Like, if you want to get a tattoo of a scripture, this would be a good tattoo to get. Like, so, so now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. It's the proof of what is not seen. For by this, our ancestors were approved. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. Does that say that the universe is God? There is no universe that we worship. The universe was created by the word of God so, so that what is seen was made from the things that are not visible. So, so, so build by rare faith. 
What do I mean by rare faith? I mean by faith, the faith that the, the, the heroes in the faith and the, the sheroes of the faith and the people that walk before us believe God for the impossible and God begin to do something incredible. I need you to understand that as you walk by faith, you're going to have to have a faith that is unseen, a faith that is different, a faith that is unusual. When God's building something different and he's doing something new and you have a revelation of Jesus, I don't, my faith that I'm walking in is not even because of my greatness. It's just because I've seen God. I've seen him do something. You've seen God be faithful. You've seen God heal you. You saw God when he lowered the temperature of your child, when there was nothing that any doctor could do, and then God intervened. Jesus Christ has a revelation as our healer, and then he says, now I need you to trust me and walk in this rare faith. What I know is that as God is building, as the, as the, the plumbing system of what he's doing. He wants to establish in you that your household, the thing that you're building and believing in, there's a, there's a transfer of faith at every faucet. So if I need to turn on some faith to believe God for healing, I just turn on my faith and faith is released. If I want to build something and I need to go wash my hands over here of my past and of my failure, I turn on faith and God begins to cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. If I need to shower myself in the faith of God, to believe that there today's a new day, then I walk in the faith of God and I step into the shower of his presence and faith is released. You see, this rare faith, it'll bring you into a house that now your house will be a blessing to people that didn't even know how to trust God for the impossible. Let me give you some game. This is the reason why it's been so difficult. Because if it was easy, People would say, well, you did that. But because it's hard and it's impossible and it's unlikely, you are the candidate and the conditions are ripe for faith to be released. And when you walk in this rare faith and you got a house built on Jesus, and a revelation of his son is the current in which you activate and you use to power your life. And then there's a, there's a flowing of rare faith. You see, rare faith, it's, it's interesting because as, as the writer of Hebrews was saying this, he said Moses was faithful. He said Jesus was faithful to his house. What he was saying is that you have to be a servant to the house, and a servant is faithful, but a servant has faith because we want to be people that have great things and believe God for great things, but there's a service that comes. You see, when I think about people that serve God well, they weren't trying to be great. They weren't trying to be known for history. They were just doing as a servant what the master asked them to do. And in this passage, the servant, it means a menial attendant. They are just in the household sweeping up some stuff or, or, or mopping up the floor or just handling their business. And what happens is when you live as a servant, faithful to God, you develop a faith in God that's incredible. And then now a generation later or two generations later, they'll look back at your life. And the Bible says that as they did this, it was a testimony for what would be said in the future. Moses was faithful to God as a precursor to Jesus being faithful to us. He was a precursor. It was a shadow. It was a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do. He was faithful to the Father. He was faithful 
able to build this house. And guess what? You and I now have seen the faithfulness of God. And you just best believe that there are people that are waiting for you to release faith so that when they look back at your life, they see God being true and every man being a lie. Come on, I wonder if there's some people of faith that got some rare faith in the building. Turn to somebody say, but you got to follow the blueprint. And here's the last one before we get out of here. When I was in the house this week, I told y'all there was HVAC and all this stuff. Come, I got out the way this time, y'all. I got out the way. I was out the way. But I came back and brother who was putting the, the HVAC system in, we ended up having to spend a lot more money because we weren't even meaning to do this, but they said, you got to get this thing. I was like, ah. <laughs> All right, put it in, finish it all. Boom, heat was running, going, blowing. I have never seen a furnace before. I didn't know how it worked. The only thing that I knew is I just talked to Google and I said, Google, turn the AC to 72 degrees. <laughs> Go on my little phone. Y'all know you got the app. You just do, 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 or you go to the thermostat and you just, do they have those? Some of y'all have those? Okay. Ours turns like this. You just talk to goo. So I said, man, I said, this is incredible. And I was telling him, I said, well, two of our kids, they get nosebleeds. And he said, really? He said, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to put a return up here so that the air circulates properly even on this floor. And I said, he said, it's called air conditioning. He said, it's made to condition the air that's already in your house. I thought, I thought when I pressed the button, y'all, something, something came from outside and, and it just blew in there. He broke it down. This is where it comes through. Filters this way. He said, if you put a UV filter right there, it'll make sure that all the, all the stuff will be killed. I said, man, put that thing in there. He put it in there. And he said, and it goes through here, goes out like this, and then now you get nice, cool air because you talk to Google. I don't have to understand how it works, but when it's time to use faith, when it's time to use what God said use, I just got to be obedient and Lord, you'll work it all out. I don't need to know the dynamics. I don't need to know the parts. I don't need to know the material. I don't need to know how it all happens. I don't need to understand what happens through the chamber. Part of our problem is we want to try to understand every facet and every way. God says my ways are beyond your way. My mind is beyond your mind. A day in my life is a thousand. What, what, what is what is God, what is man that you are mindful of them? You see, when we trust God this way and we have rare faith and we have a revelation of Jesus Christ, then we get real confidence and real hope. And what I've seen to understand is that real confidence in Jesus is bold and blunt. The Bible says about confidence in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace for help in our time 
time of need. And what is confidence? Confidence is simply, uh, it's all outspokenness or frankness, bluntness or, or assurance and boldness. The Bible says that real confidence in Jesus is bold and blunt. Y'all stop getting bold about things that are not confident. You see, Jesus is sure. Jesus is, is foundational. Jesus is strong. Jesus is willing. And see, when you get your boldness and you get your confidence up in God, when you have a real faith in God and you have a revelation of his son Jesus, now you're able to walk out in the confidence like you have never known. There's an assurance. There's a hope. There's an understanding. And see, hope is an expectation. Hope, it's expecting the pleasurable. So I have a revelation, the electrical system. I have rare, rare faith, which is the electrical, the, 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 the plumbing system, the way that I turn on faith. And then what, what is expelled through the mechanical of an HVAC is confidence and hope. And you see that confidence and hope is not anchored in my view of the world or my experiences in the world. My confidence, the confidence that he described here was a different confidence. It was a confidence that was predicated on what his son did and what his son is doing. And the writer says, so therefore I boast in that confidence. If you want to get proud and arrogant about anything, you should be proud about Jesus and what he's doing inside of you. There's a confidence that now you know he walked you through before. So if the, if the building the Bible says it's his house he will build and he will construct and then now the plan calls for confidence in this hour the plan calls for hope in this hour so now you have confident hope that can walk and believe God for the miracle if I can believe a contractor who ain't done nothing eternally for my soul surely I can believe God who's done everything and the Bible says it he is the designer he is the builder he, he gets more glory than the house he is the one that we glorify so yes he's going to bless you yes there's more in store for your life yes you have not seen the best days yet yes God wants to do great things but in all that the builder is greater than the house and God is saying now son or daughter I need you to step up in confidence and believe me for hope again that now as I am building this house in your life you have the the, the unflattering and time consuming of the electrical you've you've gone through the process of giving some plumbing of faith in your life and now you are able to expel throughout your entire house the thing that God is building is confidence and hope and best believe when people see that house they will be astounded and wonder and you will glorify God because he is building he is the builder and you are his house come on if you believe that stand to your feet we're going to get out of here So here's my last exhortation to you today. I want you to close your eyes and hear the word of the Lord. John 14, 
one says, so don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's houses are many rooms. If it were not so, what I have told you that I'm going to prepare for you a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am also, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know your way? And Jesus told us today, he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Listen, if you know me, you also know my Father. From now on, you do not know him and have not seen, and you have seen him. Lord, I thank you for your word. If you're in the building right now and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you thought he was a prophet or maybe you thought he was legend or maybe you thought he was just an image on a stained glass window, I want to tell you today he is the Messiah. He is the one who loves you. He's grand and he's great, but he is your shepherd that wants to lead you to life everlasting. If you're in the building right now, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, you want to start a relationship with this Jesus, with this Messiah, it's very simple. You just have to confess your sin and Jesus. Jesus will come in exchange and give you life for your brokenness. If you're in the room right now and you want to do that on the count of three, I want, to I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Put your hand up real high. Put your hand up high. Put your hand up high. I see you. 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 Cool, cool, cool. I want you to re repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I turn away from sin and I turn to you. I believe you died on a cross. And I believe you rose again. Thank you for loving me. Today, I want to follow your blueprint. I'm yours forever. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that prayed this prayer today. I pray now, God, they'll have new life in you. Eternal decisions are being made. I thank you for their life. Come on, all the household of faith, you're saying, David, would you pray for me that I'll be able to have a new revelation of Jesus Christ? I want you to put your hand up. Lift your hands up and worship Jesus. Say, David, would you pray for me that I'll be able to step out and walk in rare faith? Pray for me. You lift up your hands to the Father. Saying, David, would you pray for me that I'll be able to have real hope and real confidence? Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Come on, put your hands up high. This is a household of faith. This house that you're building is one that will bring you glory. Lord, there's so many great things that you're doing in my brothers and sisters. I sense it. I, can, I, I see you using them in powerful ways. I see you establishing legacy in their household. I see brothers walking and walking strong in you like they never have before. I see my sisters raising families and, and leading in, in industry and, and bringing people to faith in you. God, I see it all, but I thank you that this house that you're expanding will not simply be because we want to stunt. Lord, this house your house is made for you. We commit to a new revelation. Show us, open up our eyes. We commit to rare faith. And Lord, when you give us the opportunity, 
people say, how'd y'all do it? When they said, how? Explain to me. How did that happen? Lord, we will have confidence and hope and boast in you for your glory and for your honor. Come on, all the household of faith, make some noise in the building. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you, and we have some tools to help you on your journey. Just text JESUS to 48074. To find out more about Calvary Revival Church, text GUEST to 48074. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make a difference.